Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Isaiah 49 from verse 1 to 4. This is a passage that we read and we started ministering from last Sunday. Isaiah 49, we're going to read from verse 1 to 4. Last Sunday, we spoke on the concealed progress. Now we told ourselves that progress generally is noticeable when it is physical, but many people don't understand that God is still working even when it is hidden. Amen. Isaiah 49, 1 to 4. The Bible says, Leasing O coastlands to me, and take heed, you peoples, from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. I am not a mistake. It says, from the matrix of my mother, he has made mention of my name. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he is hidden me. And made me like a polished shaft. In this quiver, he has hidden me. And he said to me, you are my servant. O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing, and it's all in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord, and my work with my God. Today we continue in this series, the concealed progress, but the, the subtitle today is the polished shaft. The polished shaft. Perhaps some of us know the process, uh, or you've seen on YouTube or somewhere, the process of making arrows. Uh, when arrows are made, an arrow has an iron head, the sharp part of it, and then has a shaft. Just like when you hold an axe, the axe has an axe head, and then you see the, the handle of the axe. But today we're looking at the arrow, and the arrow has a thing which is called the shaft. And the process of preparing the arrow by a competent archer um, actually is one that involves polishing the shaft. So when they take this as a shaft of this microphone, for example, and it involves making it very straight, very polished. And so they spend time, they spend time to deal with the roughness of the shaft. So they cannot afford the shaft to have any bit of roughness or any, any crookedness in it. So, actually, you see the process is put through. Well, these days are it's all mechanized. They have a little hole over there, and then they put another hole over here, and then they have a distance between them. And the, the, the wooden part of the arrow has to go through straight. So, wherever it's not straight, is dealt with while it's going through the hole. And this thing requires rigorous effort. And just before any battle, even when the arrow has been finished, been dealt with, before any battle, what happens is the archer takes his arrow and he polishes it. Polishes the shaft, polishes the, 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 the top and ensures that this arrow is indeed, it is ready. And when he finishes, he puts the arrow back in the quiver. When it's done, he puts it back in the quiver. And um, all unevenness is removed. The reason why he does this is to ensure that there is nothing wrong when the arrow is released. It's ensured to, to ensure that you know, the arrow does not deviate from its target. 
is to ensure that when it is dispatched, it goes straight to where it's sent to. Are you still listening to me? It's to ensure that there is effective penetration of the arrow to the target so that when it hits the target, it goes in clean. The arrow does not ricochet. It does not fall to the wrong location because the arrow has been prepared well. I came to tell somebody this morning that you are a polished shaft. I came to tell somebody this morning that you will hit your mark. I came to tell somebody here that you will not miss your road. You will not miss your assignment in the name of Jesus. You will not deviate to the right or to the left. You will not wander from your course. In the mighty name of Jesus, can I have a better amen? This arrow has been so prepared by a professional, so worked on by the person that made it, and you think, wow, the arrow is ready for action. But then this comes the paradox of this story. The arrow, when it seems ready to go, is put back in a quiver. I don't understand how you can make me so good, make me so efficient, and you are hiding me. I don't understand why I have everything got together, and then the next thing you put me in a little corner. I thought I'm ready for action. I thought everything to get me for action has been put into me. But then the Bible says, he puts this thing back into action. Said it's hidden me in the quiver. It's just as a sharp sword. In that passage, he says, he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. And you see the sword, when the sword is ready, the soldier puts the sword back in his sheet. Now, the reason is so that at a very quick point, he can pull out the sword. He's close to his hand. Now, putting the arrow back in his quiver is not to make the arrow redundant. It's to make the arrow ready for action. You and I are trained so that we can be prepared. We are trained so that we can be ready for action anytime the master calls us in the name of Jesus, whether we are in season or out of season. Hiding greatness before it's made visible is one of the divine principles of God throughout the Bible. God will always hide greatness before it becomes visible. Are you listening to me right now? And this principle is what we see even in our physical life. This building was first of all hidden on a map. First of all hidden in the mind of the designer. And everything you see is first of all hidden before it becomes visible. It's first of all put on paper. And people are wondering what's going to happen on that side. They've cleared the site, but I've not seen anything. Before any great thing is made manifest you see that a lot of hidden progress has been made. That's the story of your life. People may not know who you are yet, but you are coming out stronger. In the name of Jesus, before a baby is born, the baby is hidden. Before your dream comes, it is first of all hidden. Do you know that if some people were to know how big you will become, they will have jeopardized your purpose. In fact, you yourself may have jeopardized your own purpose. Because of the way you will talk about what good thing God has shown you. God does not always show us the detail, but he's working out something about you. In Jesus' name, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 9, he says, but it, as, as it is written, I has not seen, ear, nor ear heard, look at what he says there, nor has he entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now watch this. I has not seen it. He has not heard it. But look at the next thing he says. He said God has prepared it. It's not that God is about to prepare it. He's been prepared but I has not seen it. The good things God is doing about your life is not just coming from heaven. He's here already. He's been prepared in Jesus name. Are you following me now? That husband you will marry has been prepared. 
that wife you will marry has been prepared. That house you will build has been prepared. Is here on earth. There is nothing coming from heaven. Everything has been released. At the fullness of time, God will link you up together with it. In the name of Jesus. I love what he says in verse 10. He said, but God has revealed them. I have not seen it, but it's been revealed. It's revealed to us how? By his spirit. He said that the spirit searched all things, yeah, the deep things of God. That's why we call some things treasure hunt. It's treasure hunt because it's not visible. You have to hunt for it. Are you following me now? Precious things are not picked up on the streets. They are not picked up so cheaply. That's why the scripture tells us he who finds a wife because it is not, it's not popular. It's not just out there. There's something about you that you are a prized person. Are you following me now? Somebody has to find you. You find the wife, finds the good thing. Not everybody finds the wife. Some people can find the woman. Some people can find the man. But God said you find the wife. Now the scripture is full of patriots, full of patriarchs, patriarchs of faith and matriarchs and folks who actually before God did great things in their life, God has started doing it in secret. They made remarkable progress in hiding. And last week I think we mentioned one or two of them. Moses, for example, was hidden before the Holy Spirit knew about him. He was hidden, first of all, in the palace. We don't want to talk about even the stages of his being hidden. First of all, hidden in the king's palace. But you see, when he got his timing wrong, we're coming to that. He became hidden in the backside of the desert. David was hidden in the wilderness looking after his father's flock. When everybody thought, well, those who are important are out here. David was in the wilderness. He was in the, in the farm, was on the farm looking after the flock. So when they were trying to promote people, they didn't even think of him. But the real person is hidden. Listen to me, it doesn't matter. How many people are applying for your position? You are coming. Yeah. Are you following me now? Nobody will take what belongs to you. You are coming in Jesus' name. At the fullness of time, that which is yours is coming to you. There is an old saying that the water you will drink by the stream will not flow past you. When it gets you, you will drink yours. In the name of Jesus. It might seem that other people are fetching before you, but you are coming. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible is full of folks who are hidden. Joshua was hidden before he was picked up. You know, if you have to define and describe Joshua before he was picked up, you will think, oh, that guy that's just always following his master all over the place. He sleeps outside the door, you know, he just goes around. Almost, I don't even think uh, he has a life of his own. He was hidden. All the years, you know how long he was hidden? He was hidden for about 35 years, just following Moses. He was just following Moses for 35 years. Nobody called him to any board conference. He didn't sit among the elders. He was just hidden, just following Moses. Whereas the people who were behind Moses were thinking we are the one. <laughs> we are over here. And when God was ready to reveal Joshua, he plucked him from the back. Somebody here is about to be picked up from the back. In the name of Jesus, people may call you all kinds of names. They might think you are going nowhere, but I say you are coming out. Your business is shooting out. Your career is about to come out. In the name of Jesus, you are counting the years, but God is saying, I'm counting grace into your life. That's what happened. 
Joseph was hidden. He was hidden in the prison. Everybody was going around, but he was just a prisoner. He was number 502. Whatever number they are calling you is not the issue. He was in the prison. When they were taking people out, he was still in the prison. Everybody was having a family meeting. He was forgotten in the prison. The time was all over, but you are just coming. In the name of Jesus, did you know that Jacob was hidden in the father-in-law's house? He was hidden. Things were moving on around him, but Jacob was hidden. Why can greatness be hidden? You are listening to me this morning and you are thinking, but God has forgotten me. That's what he said in the passage. He said, I have labored for nothing. I have believed for nothing. How did he make me a polished shaft? I am here. He trained me. He poured grace into me. I know when I stand, I, I, a man is standing. But yet, it seems like nobody has seen me. Your ministry is not known. Your gift is not known. Your business is not known. But God said, I have not forgotten you. How can I forget you? I see your labor. I see your sacrifices. I see your sweat. I see your fasting. I see your prayer. But I cannot forget you. I see how you are treated. How you are mistreated. How you are overlooked. But I cannot forget. Can a woman forget? How can I forget you? You seem hidden, but I have not forgotten you. There is a Jesus you speak into the darkness. Because he's light himself. I see that which is concealed. I see that which is opened. I see your silent tears. I see you when you are crying on the inside and you are smiling on the outside. I see it. I see it. I see how many years you have been married. I see how many years you have been waiting. I see the trips to the hospitals. I see the medical report. God said, you think I have not seen, but I am seeing it. I know your pain. I am talking about the polish shaft. I hope we can get through this today. Be seated for a few minutes. My goodness, where do I start? John the Baptist was hidden. Was hidden in the backside of the desert. He was hidden. He looked weird. He didn't fit into the category of the people you call a priest in his days. Bible said he was eating unusual, he had unusual diets. You looked at his hair, you concluded this one cannot carry anointing. Look at all the dreadlocks on his head. Look at his trousers out torn. Look at the look he looks. Look at the way he looks. This guy dressed in the wilderness. He has strange ideas. He opens his mouth and the kind of thing he's saying does not sound like the bishop that I know. But he was hidden. He's the one that's going to reveal the, the coming Christ. Did you know Jesus Christ himself was hidden? He was hidden for 30 years. 30 years! Only his mother knew him and John the Baptist. How can you carry such grace? You are hidden! For 30 years. The Bible says Jesus himself, the son of God, the creator, he was hidden. He was hidden. They didn't know him. They called him a carpenter. But he was a maker. He was a creator. That even the leaders of his day, they saw him, they said, this one is, is, not, is not serious. Until the day the master, the father himself, picked him out. Behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Somebody here, God is touching you today. God is singling you out today in the name of Jesus. God is saying, I will make my light to shine on you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The thing about the polished shaft is to eliminate all the things that can make you to deviate from course. We eliminate all those things, everything that can damage your purpose during that period. During this time that you are hidden, God shines his light. His unveiled light through his word. 
as it's coming out this morning, it begins to shine it on you, on your career. It begins to shine it on the areas of your life and the things which you have considered. But sometimes, some of us, we have these no-go areas. I know I'm a polyshaft, but you see, you begin to say, you know, I can do anything, but this area I cannot shift. I can't shift. This, you know, I don't mind. I can listen to the word, but this area I'm not going to shift. This is who I am. But see, that's exactly why that, that polyshaft still needs more work. Every time this, this arrow says, I can't shift this area, when the master looks at it, you know, I, I don't know where they still do this, but my uncle, actually, uh, he was a carpenter, um, and I mean a big one. He has so many folks working under him. I remember as a young man, when I see when they pick up a, they have finished shining a very beautiful um, wood or whatever they're trying to do, and then he picks it up, and then they look like, I said, what is he looking at? And he's looking at the length and how straight it is. They didn't have equipment back then in those days. But their eyes were trained to see stuff that I didn't know what I was looking at. But these carpenters know how to look at something this straight. And that's exactly what it is. Sometimes when God picks our life, we say, hmm, son, I still need to work more on this area. I need to work. What you have called the no-go area of your life. Area where you have said, hmm, I know what I'm saying. Ah, I know what I'm saying. God said, I need to work more. Every one of us have areas that God needs to work more. And I, I pray that you will say, God, work on me, Lord. You know, instead of us fighting it, instead of us saying, mm, no. Release yourself and let God work on you. So that when the light of the word of God comes and locates that area, rather than fight it back, you say, Lord, help me. I yield myself. I surrender unto you. We have no right to say, Lord, I don't need to be changed. We can't, we didn't call ourselves. That's why he said, he called me from my mother's womb. And it's a person who calls that can decide how he wants his work to be done. We cannot live the life of a believer. We can't live the life of Christian without Christ. It's the only way we can live this life. Like Christ. Not like pastor. Not like that person. Not like that person. Not like bishop. But like Christ. So until Christ is the fully formed in me, the job is not done. In fact, I will struggle on daily basis. And the fact that I'm struggling means there is good thing going on in my life. Yield. Amen. Yield and don't struggle to the work of God. So when you see a good soldier, a good soldier cannot represent himself. He has to represent himself according to the profession that he stands in. He stands straight. His suit very well ironed. Back in those days when some of our friends joined the, the military in Nigeria after university and um, some joined as soon as we left A-levels. And then when we met up for went to their barracks and to visit them, it was so good in those days. Some of us became military men by taking their stickers on our cars. <laughs> some of people here know what I'm talking about. And we got away with a lot of murder. But you know what I'm saying? Things you shouldn't get away with when you just see the sticker on our cars. You could only drive, your, I think, that time because the government was trying to restrict the number of cars on the road of Lagos. So I think they had, I don't know, odd and even days. So if your number is odd, there's a day you can drive out. If it's even, there's a day you can drive out. But because we were military people, <laughs> the stickers got us out any day. 
But what I'm interested in is when the guys that we were all hanging out last night together, everybody really looks really whatever we looked last night. By the time they wake up in the morning, they've transformed though. Their uniforms so straight, particularly those ones in the Navy, they are all retired now. They are all retired as general or whatever. Their uniform well ironed. I'm like, what happened to the jeans last night, boy? Well ironed, looking white, looking so smooth. But what I'm going, talking about is their shoe. The shoe is shining. You could almost see yourself in their shoes. The same guy that was rough last night. Which means, when you represent somebody, that's the person you represent, not yourself. Whatever I fought, whatever work you have to do, that's the person that you must measure yourself up to. I'm going back to the series I'm doing in the Beyond Limit. You are like living stones. We are being made after the likeness of him. So because of a time, let me just quickly mention five things about the hidden progress that we can see with this polished shaft. Five things that are quickly important. Number one is the length of everybody's hiding differs. So here is this, this man has done this polished shaft and he put all back in the quiver. But you discover that when the archer picks up, he picks up one arrow from the quiver. The others could be complaining, what about me? Hey, what about me? The length of the time in the quiver differs. Some will be longer than others. And like I told us, Jesus Christ was in this quiver for 30 years. So here comes a point. Somebody might say, but God, are you not looking at my age? See, God is never in a hurry. That's one of the things that you and I can have a cup of coffee with God when we get to heaven. He's never in a hurry. God, can you not see the deadline is here? He's never in a hurry. The reason why God is never in a hurry is because God is in your yesterday. He's in your today. And he's in your tomorrow. <laughs> you are the one that is panicking. But he knows what he's doing. God is timeless. But we are worried by time. That's the first thing I want to think about. Quickly, number two. Do not be deceived by your own understanding. Let God manage your time in hiding. Now, at this point, I'm going to stay a little bit of this. Let God manage your time in hiding. Don't be deceived by your own understanding. Don't think about understanding. is what God gave you understanding. That's true. But sometimes we begin to understand much more than God. See, most of the stress we have in our life is based on poor timing. Have you ever seen a good joke given in a bad time? It's a good joke. The problem is not the joke. The problem is the timing. So everybody in the congregation will not be looking at themselves. Is he okay? What's he drinking? Because everything in life is about timing. It's like you go to a wedding. And the bride throws the bouquet. And a young little girl picks it up. 
And the girl says, hey, mommy, daddy, I paid the bouquet. I'm nice for the wedding. Hello? The problem is not the wedding. The problem is your timing. So you have to understand that it's our timing. Let God manage your timing in hiding. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Now I love the next verse. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Hello, I thought you said I need wisdom. But he says, the wisdom of God that I want you to get. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to what? To your flesh and strength. This is very important. The reason why many of us begin to faint is we faint from within. And when you begin to faint from within, it seems like I am sick. And the bones, which talks about the ability to get up and go, becomes weak. So there is no more joy of the Lord. Let me give us two examples to highlight how this works. Two examples. YK is getting ready to take those normal pictures. 1 King chapter 17. 1 King 17 verse 2. Put that scripture up. 1 King 17 verse 2. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him saying. Now, this is what happened after Elijah went to the king's court and decreed to the king that at my word there shall be what? No rain. Ordeal. So he had just given the word, and then the Bible said, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here. Turn eastward and do what? Hide by the brook Sherid, which flows. So the word came to this man who had just given the word that go and hide. So God told him to do what? To go and hide. You know this the rest of the story from this point that for three good years, he was in hiding. It was so frustrating that a man who had just become a national story, now he's in hiding. And like I said to you, it's more frustrating when you have been known for something, now you can no longer be known for anything. The key to that is in knowing fully well that my times are in the hands of God. Now I'm going to read that in a minute. But look at what God did in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1. He just told this man now to go hide. But in 1 Kings 18 verse 1, what did he tell him? He said, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying to him, go present yourself to Ahab. And he will do what? And I will send the rain. Two things there. God was the one who did the hiding. God also was the one who did what? The bringing out. And because he's the one who brought Elijah out, he backed it up with rain. I want to ask you a question now. Imagine if Elijah had come out by himself. Where is the rain going to come from? Let me give you another example. Joseph and baby Jesus. In the scriptures, in Matthew chapter 2 verse 13, See what happened here. 
The Bible said, now when they departed, this is a wise man. When they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. What did he do? He said to Joseph, arise, take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt. When I see scriptures like this, I always pause. And I encourage you to pause. Which, which child are we talking about? This is God, right? Why can't God fight? I mean, do you understand now? This is God. God is saying, go and hide God. Isn't it easy for God to make Herod to sleep that night and not to wake up? It's easy. But God is saying there is a time to hide. There is a time to hide. To make the wicked one to think I am having an upper hand. It makes the story sweeter. He said to Joseph, go hide this young man. Flee to Egypt. In fact, where he asked him to hide is another funny story. Because he could have asked him to hide in any of the villages of Israel. And then he said to him, stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child's life to destroy him. So God said, go and hide this baby Jesus. Please, when you see some things like I said, always pause. This will help you to interpret your own life. How long have we been waiting for this baby? This is a child that was promised from the Genesis. This is the pregnancy I've been waiting for all my life. Now the pregnancy came. Herod is seeking to kill it with some kind of stuff going on in my body. But God is saying to me, don't worry, hide this baby in Egypt. You know, Joseph could easily have said, excuse me, sir. This pregnancy, by the way, I didn't start it. It's not my idea. You told me you put it there. If you can't keep what you brought, which one is my own? Do you know this is exactly what we go through? That God didn't your word tell me this. God didn't your... God is saying, yes, I know. So far it will be so for now. <laughs> you have to go to Egypt. Because there are heralds that are seeking to kill this child. So the same God now had to carry baby Jesus. The one who will save the whole world. Right now he appears weak. Appears defenseless. A few verses down the line, which is now a few years down the story, in verse 19, the Bible said, and then when Herod was dead, the Herod in your life will die. Herod speaks about someone in power, wicked power, that is saying you will not make it in my lifetime. They were saying that you will not have this child. They say you will not make this progress. They have some kind of control, some kind of power over some kind of system. But not over your destiny. Anyone that is speaking over your destiny beside God, we all seek them today in the name of Jesus. Anyone who said in this land, in this life of mine, you won't make it. They will go before you. In the name of Jesus, you will hear of their news that they have gone. You will hear that they have gone. There will be the prophetic acts of God is upon their life. In the name of Jesus, they are going. By the power of the risen Christ. Anyone who said there will be no laughter in your house. Anyone who said there will be no laughter in your career. Anyone who said that it will be pure, it will be pain. He said all you will do is running around and running helter skelter. Today in the name of Jesus Christ, we cancel their will. We cancel their wish. We frustrate their plan. In the name of Jesus. 
He said, when Herod was dead, not if he was dead, there is a when coming to your story. So when Herod was there, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. What did he tell him? He said, go back home. The time has come. He said, go back. The same God who said, go and hide. It's the same God who is saying, the time has come. Show up yourself. Be seated for a second. He says, this same God said, take the young child. He said, but I love the end of that verse. He said, go to the land of Israel for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Now the word those means it wasn't only Herod that was after him. Sometimes we feel that, oh, it's one person or it's one something. There are enemies you don't even know of. But those who are seeking the young vision, the dream you carry, the Bible said they will die before your time. Quickly, number three. What are the things I need to understand that's going on in the time of my hiding? That this greatness is building. Hiding stage is a privileged stage of growing, of maturing, of hearing God and protecting. We just saw an example of protecting now. It's a privileged stage. Many of us don't actually know the privilege that we have when God hides us. Because those who don't know God don't have the privilege. They just do anything like Jesus Christ told his brothers. He said for you, anytime is okay. There are people who don't have the opportunity to be taught. They don't have an opportunity to be taught in the word of God to receive the wisdom of God like this. There are people who have told their friends, you know, I'm going out with this person. And friends have gone behind them to take that person. Because the relationship was not strong enough. All we've done is just exchange a few tests. Say, ah, how did he see you over me when we were sitting together in that party? We sat in that film together. We sat in that class together. He jumped over you. Hey, no way. I will do and do my hair again. Make it longer next time. Offer him a cup of coffee. Because they did not know the time to protect the vision. There's a time to tell. There is a time to protect something. There is a time that you can no longer hide it. It's a privilege when you have opportunity for God to hide certain things about your life. There is this uh, proverb in Minister Sam's um, village. Some of you don't know what it means to see chicken running around free because all you've known is just chicken that is in a cage. Is that what they do here? I only see dead chicken. I don't even see them alive in this country. Okay, but some countries of the world, chicken run free. I remember when Chosen was one year old, and we took Chosen to uh, my village, and she saw chicken. She was running, I was like, what's strange? She's <laughs> running after chicken. Uh, we grew up with chicken. We used to run 100 meters together. Anyway, let's leave that one. So there is something called dung hill also. Dung hills, that's where people used to dump all kind of rubbish in the community. Usually, you have the hawk that is above a dunghill. Most of the time, they're always flying around. And when the hawk sees something they are interested in, they just fly down, pew, and they pick it up, and they go. So here is this proverb from Mr. Sam's village. We are trying to protect the little chicken from death. But the little chicken said, no, I've not been allowed to go to the dunghill to play. They are hiding me in this little... And the way they used to hide the chicken is they would cover them with baskets. But this little chicken wants to go out to the 
dunghill. The day he goes to the dunghill, he won't come back. What does this mean to us? It means everything, every check and balances that God has put around us is to protect us from the hawk. Friends, there are hawks in the world. There are hawks in the boardroom. There are hawks in marriage. There are hawks in ministry. Oh, there are hawks. And then when God hides us, he knows what is ahead. Do you know, going back to uh, Elijah's story, all Elijah knew was that he had declared there would be no rain. Right? That's how far he knew. God is now hiding. Hiding for what? Because God sees ahead. God knows there's going to be a showdown with demons, with altars that are beyond Elijah. On Mount Camel. <laughs> He's going to confront ancient altars. He didn't know that. All he knew is I just declared in the king's palace. Yeah, is it not just to get married? Ah. By the time you now get married, you don't know who is in that family that you are going to deal with. Or it's going to deal with you. Is it not just to get a job? Yeah. It is not the same Henry that interviewed you that you'll be working with. There is a Kalisu in another room that you will be working with. Are you listening to me now? Many of us don't understand what is hidden behind hidden. And God knows you need to be protected so that they are moved to another department before you can enter. So in the period of hiding, you don't know what God really is protecting you from. Praise the Lord. Number, what are we? Number four, the place and places of hiding vary and may not be convenient. This is why people don't know they are making progress. The place and the places of hiding vary. It varies. God may make some people to hide in the palace. And he may make some people to hide in the prison. He's the one hiding them in the palace. And then he hides another person in the prison. But you now say, no, me, even if I want to hide, I'll prefer the palace. <laughs> I'm comfortable to hide myself in a five-star hotel. Hey, you don't know the guy who poison you in the morning. <laughs> the place and the places of hiding varies. There are people who are hiding and God will hide them in a particular career. For a long time. There are some people who hide them in a particular church. That's why you hide them in a particular relationship. Listen, the places you don't choose them. Joseph was hidden in Potiphar's house in prison. Moses was hidden in his father-in-law's house beside the palace. And you know Paul, the apostle, he was hidden in the desert and in Tarsus. Where he consulted no man. All these places, because God planted you there, God is the one who will cause you to grow. Quickly, number five. Look to God for your sustenance during your hiding. Now, this is one of the areas where we begin to get stressful. 
while God is hiding us, we have issues. And every one of us do. But we've got to learn to look to God for sustenance. A sustenance in every area. Emotionally, physically, psychologically. Why you are hiding? It's an issue. God, I can see everybody who met me here, they've left me. My younger sisters have gotten married. My younger brothers have gotten married. Their children are calling me uncle. Everybody who came here had left me. Now, does it mean there should be no desire in me? Yes, we should have a desire, but we should not become desperate. Because desperate people do desperate things. It's God who sustains in the place of hiding. You know what God told Elijah? He says that go hide yourself in the brook Cherith. He said, I have commanded the raven. You see that? I have commanded the raven to do what? To feed you there. And when the brook dried up, God said now, get up from here. Go to the other way. Not what? I have commanded a widow. I speak to someone in this place that you're feeling that your sustenance is drying out. You are beginning to faint. You are saying, God, I can't hold on anymore. I can't hold on in this marriage. I can't hold on in this relationship. I can't hold on in this state I am in. May you receive the nutrient from his presence. Receive help from God. Receive direction from God. It's the direction of God that sustains every one of us. He's the reason why we can go on another level. Do you remember Elijah? This same Elijah, after he has, eat, he has eaten the food of the ravens, he had eaten from the widow, he had never known another dimension that can still be a bread that can come down from heaven. Because when he felt God take my life, God said, ha, 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 you want to be introduced to another menu now. Okay, bread, come down from heaven. And then he ate the bread of angels. Receive grace in the name of Jesus. Receive a new level, a new encounter that will open your eyes to see dimensions you have never seen before. That you begin to know that God, I receive it. God, I receive it. I can walk in the strength of this help for 40 days in the name of Jesus. Sustenance comes from him when we are located in his purpose. It is God. He will sustain you. In Jesus' name. I begin to close now. Listen to me, friends. Just give me two minutes. I'll close. You can be seated. At the right time, God can do anything instantly. Aha. Uh -huh. Please know that. At the right time, he can do anything instantly. It will surprise you and I. The pace by which God will walk, God will compress days and time and years. The Bible says in Isaiah 66, verse 7 to 9, He said, Before she was in labor, she gave birth. I thought she had to be in labor to give birth. He said, Before her pain came, she delivered a male child who has had such a thing. Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Ah, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Can you ever forget the testimony of uh, Jenke? When she was going to have, she came in. It was like a dream. Before we could say, Jack, baby has come out. And God does some things sometimes. To let you understand that if I did that, they say me, I can do another one that seems you are waiting for a long time. It's for us to understand that God can make a nation to be born in a day. God, I've been waiting for a long time. Areas where I'm not even asking you, you are doing it quickly. 
God said, listen, I can do it quickly in a quick time. May the Lord perfect what he's doing in your life. Quickly, quickly, in the name of Jesus. You seem to have been waiting. You think that God has forgotten you? He said, no, I have not. I will make it quick. I will make my word quick in righteousness in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I'll do it quickly. And as I round up this morning, the Bible tells us in Psalm 31 verse 15, it says, my times are in your hands. The Lord deliver me from the hands of my enemy. In Hebrews chapter 6, 9 to 12, Hebrew chapter 6. He says, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. These are my last words for you on this subject. I am confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner. He said, for God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love. You think God has forgotten? He said, I'm not unjust. No, just to forget your labor of love which you have shown towards his name. You are standing, you are serving, you are praying, you are believing. I have not forgotten you. That in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. Would you not think such a, such a shaft is one you bring out quickly, but God says, no, I know that. He said, I know that. He said, in that you have ministered and ministered to the saints. He said, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. This is the key point. Show it unto the end. The end of your waiting. The end of your salvation. The end of your miracle. The end is not when you think it's over. The end is when God says it is over. That you do not become sluggish. Don't become sluggish, but you must imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. May you inherit your promise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every time you begin to faint waiting on God, the devil will ask you to make shortcuts. My friend, the devil will tell you, make shortcuts. See, shortcuts will only shortchange you. That's what he will do. That's what he will do. We must be determined people for a change, but we must not become desperate. So as I round up this morning, the hunter will carry the bow in his hand, the arrows will be concealed in the quiver. And at proper time, he will bring it out. But who is the arrow that is in this story, really, that we are shaped after? Now, if you, if you are like me and you read New King James translation of the Bible, the word M throughout that passage was used in capital M. It's capital, it's like a nun. If you bring out Isaiah, Isaiah 49, 1 to 4. He said, coastlands to me. In New King, James, New, King James, New King James translation, all there shows us is not just a small me. It's a noun. And it's referring to Jesus. The son of God that was concealed, though he was perfect, polished, there was no blemish in him. There was no fault in him. But the Bible said at the fullness of time, he was shot into the womb of Mary. And from the womb of Mary found his way into this earth that he may set free the people like you and I that are forever being chased around and being battled by the forces of the enemy. And he saved us with his life. This is what the arrow that was shot from the, from the archer himself, God the Father. And he said that he mentioned my name because he was so perfect in his ways. There was nothing wrong in him. And this arrow that was shot, he became a standard for you and I. That there is a time for hiding. 
And there is a time he will shoot you forth. And when he shoots you forth, you're an answer to the world. You save mankind. Your testimony will save people because he has come to save. This is the same Jesus that is a pattern for you and I. That's why he was made mention from the matrix of his mother. It was prophesied that that only one which you carry will save the world. This is about Jesus. Because that's who you are. You are formed after his likeness. And if he fulfilled his own assignment, so will he. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. Bye-bye.